Hey, season two. <laughs> I guess we're still making an episode. <laughs> a lot of things have happened uh, since the last time we recorded. When was the last time we recorded? Well, do you want to talk about... <laughs> so, it was 268 days since we posted an episode, because I looked at our Twitter. Got it. And uh, then there was the lost episode. So, we were supposed to record an episode at like our usual time, like 8.39-ish, but... June was applying for the house he's not living in. And we recorded this whole episode at like 11 o'clock into like 1230. And it shows <laughs> we were super duper tired. <laughs> it was really like I never got through the edit because I was just like kind of discouraged by the whole episode. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> so, and then we just then we just had a huge <laughs> we just had a huge hiatus. And then I was like, man, we got things we need to overanalyze. What does the show look like? And uh, now we're back. Season two. And I think we're definitely excited to see where we go forward. Just tweet out, miss us, question mark. So uh, teased out the fact that we're recording. And uh, it's going to talk to you, man. It's not that we haven't been talking. I think that's kind of <laughs> crushed our soul a bit. Us working together, we've been talking a little bit more. But sadly, not as much as I would like, given the fact that we're in different buildings and different projects. But Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is a little sad, though. We do try to make time for lunch as busy as we are. Yeah, a lot of changes. Um, new home, new car. I don't think I'll talk about everything, but since we are both, uh, we like vehicles, cars, I guess one thing worth mentioning is that my wife and I got a minivan. So we did have a, let's see, it was a 2016 uh, Mazda CX-5, which is surprisingly compact. I mean, they say compact SUV, but I think the part that most people hear is SUV, and it sounds big, but this is a tiny SUV, as I've learned the hard way. And um, we just needed more space with two kids. It's just getting a little crazy. So, yeah, so we got a minivan. So the Mazda was leased, and it's so the lease is actually coming up soon, like in a month. So we decided to just get a new car and then deal with the lease later versus like, the lease end and us potentially not having a vehicle right in the meantime i mean i'll have my car but but carolina won't have one so didn't want to have that risk so we just bought a car and also the car we really wanted i I was dead set on this particular car and there's just not that many of them like i don't know if it's like a like too much demand out of supply kind of thing or maybe just not enough was ever made Cause it's, 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 so it's a Kia Sedona, which is not like, not a popular uh, minivan that you see around town. You know, it's not a, it's not the Toyota Sienna or the Honda Odyssey and just minivans in general are, there's not that many of them anymore, which is sad. Cause like as, as a, as a dad driving a minivan, I'm totally, I, I feel so like practical. I feel so like it's a spaceship. It's massive. I'm a massive guy. So I feel like there's tons of room, <laughs> um, so much trunk space, even with the third row, like up, I I'm just blown away by how practical this car is. And yeah, like the space I'm like, I can be in the back row like my whole body, like facing my kids and buckling them in. And like the whole car is just really well done. Not a lot of pe- people buy the Kias in particular. The interesting thing I will note is that it is one of the few minivans, well, pretty much the only minivan. And um, that was in 2016 that had a, that was available with Apple CarPlay. 
You do have to get like a map update after you buy it to get the actual updated software um, for the Uvo system to then get um, CarPlay support. But that was like, that was one of my, the things I really wanted. And the things I, one of the things that Carolina really wanted. Whenever she drives my Stinger, she's like, oh my God, I love CarPlay. So uh, that was definitely a big win for that car. And just like warranty, like 10 year, 100,000 mile warranty, like just one of the best in the industry. And like price is very good. Like you get a lot for what you pay for. So, but a three-year-old like top trim for, you know, only 30,000 miles basically. And basically for maybe 40% off, you know what I mean? 40 to 50% off. Right. Which is like a good amount of depreciation, especially compared to, you know, their biggest competitors like the Odysseys and the Sienna. So I was dead set on this car. Uh, I was looking around for used ones around like 2015, 2016, and it was just sparse. I mean, like for a while, the closest one that was available was in New Jersey. And I'm like, uh, you're not driving all the way up there. I mean, I, if I got really desperate, I might have. <laughs> And then out of nowhere, one popped up in um, Chantilly, Virginia, which is not far from us. So I was like, all right, let's make that trip. And we did it. The process was pretty straightforward. There wasn't too much space for negotiation because the price was already really good. And then, yeah, that's that's what we're driving around nowadays. I love the I love the automated doors. Like, it's just fantastic. I can close every door and the trunk. Uh, with you know from the driver's seat or from my key fob which is amazing my favorite feature probably is the uh is the seat and side view mirror memory system you can have like two settings right two saved settings right. for the seat positions and stuff oh my goodness i can't tell you how much that frustrates me whenever like carolina and i switch the cars and i gotta adjust everything and part of that is because of my ocd and like every the, the, the mirror has to be perfect you know and drives me nuts um right. but this is great and so it even does the mirror it does a, yeah it, it does, does the, the mirror, mirror. just Very nice. it does the side mirror it's not the front not, not the middle inside mirror but oh it's not that'd a be deal. really uh, <laughs> that'd be <laughs> yeah, really yeah. i never heard of that yeah no it's just fantastic ventilated and heated seats yeah just oh who dude the heated steering wheel i've never had st- heated steering wheel but it is uh, amazing i don't know if you have it in your car because your, yours is a fully loaded car i don't right? it is fully loaded but at the time that that meant nothing as far as the heated steering wheel i uh <laughs> there was no amount of money where they would put it in there for you and it's uh, a bummer because they offered it at the uh mazda 6 level and then uh sometime either the year after or year, two years after they added it as a feature that my car would have had you know, just as part of the cold weather gear and i was like that is the only reason that you talking to me about like trade your car get a new one ah. would like be even remotely interesting to me is for the heated steering wheel everything else I, about it is yeah. literally identical yeah but like the heated steering wheel like i i was never really considering it but i was like at least there's one delta man um i don't have it i definitely wanted it in the future i wanted it then it just wasn't offered in the car of my preference you know what's funny though i want to talk about the fact that your minivan is three years old i thought at first you're talking about your three-year-old being excited about the minivan because good golly when i went over <laughs> recently he was like alec have you seen your minivan <laughs> he like ran over to the window and pointing <laughs> at it so it seems like it's a hit with the kids oh yeah yeah, yeah. big hit with game like it's a spaceship for him literally he loves it and he's like yeah telling strangers off the street like 
hey, did you know my dad got a, a, a white minivan? Like, it's such a cool <laughs> minivan. Like, utter strangers. And it's fantastic. But, yeah, it's it's great. I love how the truth comes out that you have a white minivan. Because <laughs> that's my only gripe about it. It's like of all the colors. But that's what happens when you buy used. You know what, I though? Understand. That model, and I looked around, right? Like, I looked a lot, um, saw a lot of different colors, right? Color options for that car. The white, honestly, is one of the best ones, I think, in my opinion. There's, like, a poop-colored one. <laughs> There's, like, this blue that's just really weird blue. And then, I don't know, there's some other, like, black is just not, nah. But this white, man, looks great with, like, the, because, you know, the high trim, like, highest trim ones, you get, like, all the chrome and stuff. And, like, that chrome looks good with the white. Um, Oh, you know one thing that drives me crazy, though? One downside of this? So, you know how most cars nowadays have daytime running lights? Just, just like, they're always on, Uh, right? I think I know what you're talking about here. Yeah. So, this car... And it, it was kind of annoying because if you look at the car itself, like the high, the higher trims, like the t- top two trims or whatever, have this LED strip, you know, that looks really cool. And on most cars now, like the LED strip is like the daytime running light, you know? So I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. The LED daytime running lights, like looks pretty sick, right? And even the freaking, um, the car, like the way it's advertised on the sticker, I forget what it's called. Cause you could look up the, um, the original sticker that has all the options and features and whatnot and on the just like the dealer's posting too has like led uh daytime running lights right so i was pretty sure like that was a thing except the other night uh or no sorry the other day during the day i'm driving around and you know when you pull close enough to a car in front of you and you you come to a stop usually when you have daytime running lights you can see it's it's bright enough that it gets mirrored off the front of the car the front car right and i couldn't see anything so i was like wait a minute what's going on here right and um sure enough i find out later and i double check with the user manual and i had carolina like standing in front of the car like (laughs) i'm like honey do you see anything (laughs) right um because you have to be in drive too sometimes you know and so uh so nothing there's nothing no daytime running lights the led lights are what they call position lights and are essentially only useful for when you are like either it's like not quite dark enough yet or uh, like it's dusk i think or basically when you can manually switch it into if you switch it out of the auto mode you can go into the position or parking lights which turns on just the LED strip, <laughs> but also turns on the freaking taillights, you know, which drives me nuts. And it dims the, uh, I think it dims the, like, your front con- center, center console, console yeah. lights, which is stupid. Yeah. So that's not what I wanted at all. It's not daytime running light. And then when the when the full, like, headlights are on, it looks stupid. It looks a little stupid because you've got these like pure white LED lights that actually turn on, right? Those LED lights don't turn on, and then you've got this like halogen that's yellowish right next to it, also on as the main headlights. And I'm like, oh, this looks kind of uh, dumb. So uh, it's God, just, I'm vehicle. just like, God, <laughs> how could you have screwed this up? Like LED lights should be daytime running lights just like all the cool cars nowadays <laughs> i don't know I, I'm, I totally get what you're saying because i got like the bulbs in my mazda are pretty bright and they're more the bluish spectrum i forget what kind of bulbs they are but they're pretty bright uh not not like obnoxiously blue like some of those people that buy aftermarket but yeah i think you understand my drift yep but my fog lights yellow uh, so it's like kind of breaks the aesthetic you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> Do you okay now? So do I you totally, always drive with the fog lights on? 
I do. Oh, really? Okay. Hmm. I do. See, also, the thing, right. I thought what you're going to say is one of my pet peeves about vehicles. I think I listed it back in the car episode is I want like an indicator on the dash saying like what lights are on at every any given moment when in auto mode, because I care. And like if my wipers are going, I want to make sure I have lights on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I have that now, but my old car didn't have it. Mm. That's just like a stupid little pet peeve, I guess. And I don't know. It's just like we have fog lights too, um, but you just have to, you know, fog lights, you got to switch that on. We don't always keep that on, but obviously if it rains or like, you know, in bad weather conditions, we'll turn that on. But yeah, anyways, no daytime running lights. That was kind of annoying, but dude, everything else about this car is amazing. I mean, there's a freaking DVD system for the captain's row chairs, which we have not told the kids about yet because it's like, it's like it's just something we're like all right let's like ease in on like deploy tactic you know yeah like tv <laughs> right now they're a little obsessed with it and we're trying to limit tv right so like introducing telling them yeah. that they have a now a tv in the car is not the best idea you know <laughs> yeah and then also the middle captain rose chairs they recline i mean you get a little freaking footrest Ooh. that comes out you know, and, and it reclines <laughs> and it's just like, there's that much space that you can recline with a footrest, you know, in these captain's chairs. So it's real comfy, great car Two, you know, it's got two sunroofs, super practical. We love the car. Now, the problem I want to talk about is actually the other car, the lease car, which I'm not really sure what to do with right now, because uh, I have a couple options, basically my last payment is is going to be made soon i have until the end of april to use the vehicle at which point i can turn it in so turning it in basically means i'm gonna have to pay whatever repair like extra wear and tear costs that they assess right plus like some 500 dollars like what do they call it disposition fee right so i'm looking at oh i'm looking at at least $500 $500 of net minus $500, right? Plus whatever, you know, um, costs that they're going to slap on for like, oh, any kind of excess wear and tear. So that's one option. The other option is basically I can just buy the car outright and then sell it. And if I buy the car outright, I don't pay a disposition fee. I just pay like some $50 document processing fee. But then yeah. it's basically like, okay, I, I pay the agreed upon buyout price of the car that was agreed upon three years ago when I signed the contract. So that's kind of an interesting option. Um, So that option branches into two other options, which is, okay, let's say I buy out the car, then what? I can sell it privately or I can try and sell it to CarMax or whatever, right? So I've already basically looked at the CarMax route. That's definitely a no-go, way too low of an offer. Basically, I'd be netting minus $2,500, right? If I sold it to CarMax. Right. So that's why, that's why it's a non-starter, right? Now, if I sell it privately, like, here's the thing, like Kelly Blue Book, I've always kind of just like looked at it, but always took it with a grain of salt, right? Because Kelly Blue Book, yeah, I don't know how it's compiling its data, but it oftentimes doesn't ma- actually match the real market data, right? At least from like a posted okay. price perspective. Because if I look at a 2016 CX-5 with the trim is mine, with the number of miles and, you know, condition is good or whatever. 
it's like super low ball. I mean, I'd be like breaking even with the buyout price, right? Which is like fourteen thousand five hundred, right? So, so that's one thing. But it, but then if I look for like cars online, used Mazda CX-5s online, again, same conditions, um, you know, same number of miles. It is like they're selling for like close to seventeen thousand dollars, you know. I'm like, okay, maybe people negotiate it down a little bit, but not that low, right? So I'm like, all right, Kelly Blue Book, you just, you go off to the side. And I'm thinking like, if I can sell this thing for even, you know, 16,000 or 15,500, right? I can make out with like a thousand or $1,500, right? Like net positive. And, And that's mostly because I've actually put fewer miles on the car than I could have, right? A lot fewer. Because, you know, yeah, like 12,000 right. miles a year, three years, 36,000 miles, we've only put like 24,000 miles on this thing, right? So it's why like it hasn't depreciated as much, which, um, you know, most people say, well, then maybe buying it out and selling it is the better option. So, I don't, but then you're dealing with like selling a car, you know what I mean? Like selling a car privately, like what is the amount of effort, time and just like pain in the ass that, that that's that what is that worth right <laughs> is it worth the net yeah. diff- the delta between the option of buying it out and selling it privately or just returning the car right and the net delta <laughs> would be like well i feel like i feel like we, we talked about this back in the old car episode uh when you were selling your your mazda and that you were like yeah like you know trading it in would have been one thing but i sold it privately i made a little bit more but i don't know if it's worth it mm. i'm a little scared about this because you're adding that as an option, whereas I guess like there's a clean way out where you lose, I guess the five hundred dollars, which is a little bit more than I expected. Well, plus plus that's minimum. There's gonna yeah. be like excess yeah, wear and tear. I guarantee that's they're gonna because they want me to like they're gonna say oh it's gonna, gonna, gonna be you. like a thousand dollars to like do all this work or if you lease it from us again we we don't have to charge you that or whatever you know what I mean that's their like uh, their bait into getting you to lease again or buy another car from them man so much scheming you know what you should do man you should uh post it right now at work and see if you can make a quick sale there <laughs> That's like funny. no joke see if you can um, sell it before it's even time because this is totally a thing people are selling cars all the time on cooler and if you could sell it in-house it's easy well i don't right? think people would be really appreciative that like I'm selling a car, but I don't I'm I don't own it yet technically, right? Like I'm lease I'm still leasing the car. I haven't actually paid it off yet to buy the car. That's the thing. Can you not expedite that process? No, dude. So that's the other thing. I called uh, I called Chase the other day, right? Who has the who owns the lease? And they're and I'm like, so how do I pay off the car? They're like, yo, you gotta mail us uh, you gotta mail us a the payment final payment and then we'll mail you a a clean title i guess or however that works and i'm like good lord like just the mail just the postage postal time right of of two two of those transactions that's going to be like 10 days so i don't think someone who's looking to buy a car would appreciate that like it's going to take them you know two weeks to get the car you know what i mean so I don't know. I feel like if I'm going to sell it, I would have to just like commit to that and buy out the car. Potentially. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I don't know how many people are in that big of a rush to get the car though. Eh, you'd be surprised. I'm looking at like $1,500 to $2,000 in a Delta between the two options. Right. 
So question is, yeah. is all that work worth 1500 to $2,000? I don't know. Like, cause right. you know, you're, there's all the initial capital that, you know, you take pictures, you post it on a bajillion different websites, and then you're just dealing with like, you know, fake buyers, right? Like scammers. And, and then here and there, there's a few people who are legitimately interested, but then they're like lowballing the crap out of, you know, the, the offer. And then, like, once in a blue moon, you get, like, someone who's actually reasonable, and they come, they test drive it, and then they and then they don't respond. (laughs) It's like, damn Uh, it. Uh, So, so I'm, like, accounting even for, so some of that delta, um, I I have this whole spreadsheet going on. Like, I'm accounting for, like, lost interest earned, right, for for actually using the money to buy out the car, right? Well, I'm not earning interest on that money anymore, right? So... I'm also accounting for right. like the amount of additional time I have to pay for insuring the car while I'm in the process of trying to sell it, right? Um, that could be that could be like a week, or that could be months, right? Depending on what the market's like. That's actually problematic. Yeah, I I lean on don't even bother. I know you're gonna be bummed when they come and nickel dime you for something, and you're bummed that you're gonna lose money with the potential of earning. But I feel like. There's a lot of risk, particularly if you're unable to move it quickly. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, you probably don't lose money per se. Like, I imagine if you sell it, you're probably going to at least make a couple bucks. But the problem is you might end up making less than you want and take a lot more time and effort than you ever wanted to give and then you're being sad about it. So <laughs> it's like, which which option makes you least sad? <laughs> hmm. Dude, I'm ne- never leasing it again. I think this has just been, I don't know, just like even this question of like what to do is giving me enough stress that I'm like, uh, I don't want to deal with this ever again. So, man, I'm just going to buy used cars from now on. Nice used cars. <laughs> That's what's going on with the lease. I'm starting to lean closer to you, what you're saying, which is like, yeah, let me just return the car. See, at the minimum, what I could do is at least let them come, assess the car, assess the extra wear and tear, see what, you know, what they're going to give me as far as like what that's going to look like uh, price wise. And then that just gives me like, okay, if they're like, hey, man, this is going to cost $2,000 to get all these things fixed then that that's a need you know that's definitely a needle pusher to the other side right correct yeah there's a go no go <laughs> if it's like four thousand dollar delta entirely. yeah 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 there's definitely a go no go line that's a very good point so i think you should draw that line up go in and whatever happens you then follow your procedure yeah yeah it's a good idea it just sucks because like we have the minivan now like we're driving that a lot you know I I have my my car and there's just this, this like extra car now sitting there and I'm like what do I do with this thing like I just kind of wish the problem is just gone. <laughs> but well, gaming is a car, right? So <laughs> it's a car. So you got that dilemma, and then here's mine. I mean, shoot, people are probably so discombobulated with uh, our our release schedule as of late, but uh, I'm 61 days away from getting married. And uh, they're starting to get to the point now, we just passed an inflection point of making decisions uh, that are either 
me expanding my skill set, spending time to learn something I've wanted to learn or do something that I would enjoy or just spending the money to have it done by somebody else and taken care of. So the examples I want to point to for this are twofold. Uh, the main one and the pro- and the secondary one. So I like to design things. I like to sit down and create you know, designs. And I did that for our save the date and it was pretty you know successful and people liked it i guess but it was all right <laughs> i mean it did the job right <laughs> it, it satisfied all save the date criteria but would have been great if you just sent like like a like a white sheet of paper with just like a card with just like few texts in the middle like centered in like uh in courier new font <laughs> And that was so it, you're laughing, you know? but we'll get we'll get there. You're laughing, we'll get there. <laughs> so you know, for the sake of the show, I could put it in the show notes. But basically, it was like a picture of Rachel and I, and it said "Opa" in uh, phosphate inline font, which took forever for me to pick the font, but it ended up being the font that we used for my old band because uh, it's like, oh, that'd be perfect for this. And then on the backhand side, I had a little bit of information and a little picture of the corner, and then area for us to do like a postcard style send out. So it wasn't that interesting on the back. It just that was very like for the purpose of this event. So then I was trying to create this invite, man, and you joke, but basically like as I was iterating through like simplify, 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 it just became our RSVP URL. That's it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like the blush pig font. Like I was like trying to like figure out this design and like kind of like mocking it up. <laughs> the other day I was just like, that's it. I got to the cleanest Johnny Ive white room design. I could come up with it. <laughs> I was like, okay. I'm like, Rachel's going to hate this. So <laughs> would have been, oh, wait, I didn't hold even, on. So you put the URL there. That's all it was, dude. It was literally just the URL to RSVP because it has RSVP in the URLs, RSVP dot our wedding website. Right. And I was like, that's it. That's all people need to know. They'll see the RSVP. That they'll know literally you were thinking just a URL in the entire wedding invite is just a URL link. In like large block text to fill up the whole thing. Yes. Oh, you know what? Did you think about putting a QR code? Just a QR code there too? Like, wouldn't that be such a mystery? Like, okay, this, like, obviously the mail came from Alec and Rachel and it's handwritten. It's probably an invite of some kind. But the, my paper just has a QR code and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> no, I did not think of using a QR code. Although, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> the barrier to entry would have been even worse than this email, or not email, but like website system, which is, of course, throwing our older generation for a total Yeah, loop. I know, right? <laughs> you're, you're, you're like grandparents and their generation are like, what the heck am I doing with this? <laughs> well, it's funny because our whole thing was if you're old and can't figure it out and you can't like have the wherewithal to ask a younger like kid of yours to like do it for you then like it's cool if you just don't come that was my take (laughs) that was my take because i was like you know you should be able to this advanced age to solve some problems for yourself and like that's (laughs) like you've done this before plenty of times in your life like go go figure it out alec alec here just saying like look just leave this leave this earth just (laughs) old people why are they even around anymore 
Uh. I'm not saying that, but it, it greatly simplifies everything, right? So, like, if you don't have the paper trail of RSVPs, because someone recently did that, right? They have, like, the website. They they want you to do the website, but they, they also include the little card for the old school folks. And I'm like, now you have two data points. You can't have that. You can't have that. I guess, like, what they do is they go to the online system. They update it there. But, like, No. No, you're going to just go RSVP. And people have been texting me, and I'll be like, that website has some questions for you to fill out, so it'd be really great if you could just fill that out. And that's the other thing. Like, <laughs> once you get to the website, like, people have gotten to websites. People, like, <laughs> it's a thing that a lot of my older generation has done. It's just a form. Like, you filled out a form before at the doctor's office. It's the same thing. <laughs> you just, like, do it. Like, it's not, it's not particularly difficult. I feel like if you ever have used a computer once in your life to go to a webpage, you could do this. Yeah. Wait, so did you guys even have an option to RSVP by mail? Or is it purely just through the website? It's all online. No mail. Right, right. Okay. Because good, that would good. have cost us more money. Yeah. It would no, have cost us more money to make the little cards. That was the other issue. I mean, I'll be honest with you, man. We're not trying to spend like an arm and leg and all this. It was already expensive enough. Like, you know, it's like a $200. Like, the cheapest you could do it for a size of our wedding. Uh, we were saying out oh, basically 100 envelopes. Like, the cheapest you could do is basically like $200 total mm. by the time mm. you buy stamps the envelopes and even the printouts mm. that we did so like you know we're not trying to like set the world on fire with these invites like at the end of the day you're gonna throw most of it away maybe put it on your your fridge but anyways i was trying to design this thing and it came down to this really basic thing and i was like well that's not really fridge worthy so like bad design right <laughs> mm-hmm. so what's what ends up happening well Rachel had shown me a few online that she kind of liked, and I was like, eh, I don't like them that much. And then we were we were searching, and she found this cool design on Etsy. It was like a $4 template, and I was like, I can work with this. It was a nice, like, beginning of the invite, like the border with the flowers and stuff. I was like, oh, I like this. And the fonts didn't suck. So then, like, I utilized their online editor, and I kind of, like, modified it decently, like, not insignificantly, to create the... Uh, the text the way I wanted it, uh, but still using like the fonts of their theme. And I think it came out nice. So I was really pleased by that, but I, I was a little bummed that the uh, designer in me never got to do it. And I even thought about hiring a designer mm. for this because someone I respect online, they showed their uh, wedding like brand afterwards. And they had these like really cool through line of design from like all their different like stationery, and it like extended to the actual wedding. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I really love the way they did that. Like, I thought it was absolutely beautiful and like well done. And it was like super inspiring. But like at the same time, I was like, well, they probably spent like a couple thousand dollars on a designer to do all this for them. And I'm not trying to like, I'm trying to do this as cheap as possible. Basically, I'm not trying to do that as much as like that interests me. But I was like, I could do it. I design. And like the, the extent of my design was creating the little like seal stamper that we used on the back of the envelope. So we didn't write our address a million times like i designed that (laughs) nice i would say if you can come up with i think the one thing that you could design would be like a logo you know for you for for you and rachel like a logo for your the two of you that guys that you can have on the website that can be on the you know save the day invite whatever and we do yeah it was on all those yep yeah, so we, we have the RNA. Uh, it's just a, it's uh, like the Sugiyoti font that you find on iOS, but not the Mac. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it is on the Mac, but it's not as obvious. 
All right. So you were so you were kind of just sad, like, hey, I would like to develop my designer skills and maybe make this thing myself. But at the end of the day, what's more practical? You know, four dollar template from Etsy that looks really good, um, and it's, it's going to save me a ton of time too, right? Yeah. So I went down that path, and similarly, you might have noticed when you RSVP. I don't know if it was you or Carolina, but like the other thing that irked me about this whole process is I had to then create the RSVP system, and I had a few requirements, uh, as one does, and I couldn't find a solution that solved all my requirements. So I had to pick the best thing slash what I had invested enough time into that I was like, that's it. That's the one, right? So I had RSVP for another wedding recently using Zola. And I was like, okay, I will create the Zola like website for the sole purpose of using an RSVP. And spoiler alert, that is what we ended up using. But I researched like a whole separate website that was like for RCPs only. I looked into WordPress plugins to integrate it into our already existing website because it turns out Zola like 100% assumes that you're never going to ever do what I did. Like <laughs> I guarantee you, like I'm sure someone's <laughs> done it before, but like there are no affordances for what I was trying to do because you can't give a custom link in their setups anywhere. You can't even put it in the text on the homepage. You can't make a, a hyperlink. So I had to like literally write a plain text like, hello, this is not the wedding website you're looking for. Go here. But it's <laughs> not a link. You have to like copy and paste it. Like there was zero way for me to provide a link uh, <laughs> on that page. <laughs> there was a zero. Wow. Way. So that was really bothering me. I tried really hard to like see at the end of the survey if you could like redirect to a website afterwards and like send it back to my website no that's not an option because why would it be like it totally makes sense in the website like <laughs> in the notion of them using their website as a full stack not just like as a purely rcp system nothing else <sighs> so i tried using a wordpress plugin but they all were like kind of garbage and like the reporting back didn't seem nearly as robust uh and mm. i just i couldn't find anything that satisfied all my requirements but the whole reason I like made the whole Zola thing. I was kind of happy with it. But then listen to this. <laughs> you properly capitalize like title case, your meal option. But then in the drop down, it's like the first letter is capitalized and it's all lowercase from there, baby. Like it doesn't matter what you type, <laughs> but oh. it actually like deploys. It does that. And it was irking the crap out of me. Wow, <laughs> I couldn't stand it. Yeah. <laughs> and the worst part is like when it, when it reports back to you, it has the right casing. But for some reason, if they're like CSS, oh, <laughs> it God. does that to it uh, in the selectors. And it was really ticking me off. That, that's like, <laughs> that was, yeah, that would drive me nuts. That inspired, that inspired the whole cascade. Like I was happy with it until that one point, And I thought like I just screwed it up. <laughs> and then I was like, no, I would never have done that. And I went back <laughs> Sure enough, like nothing I did mattered. It never fixed it, and yeah, I was really bummed out about that. But nevertheless, we went with Zola because I was thinking about writing my own plugin at that point, right? Like I program, I could do this. WordPress, here we come. PHP, let's go. And then I was just like, <laughs> who are you kidding, dude? Like you're not doing this. You're not coding your own RCP system. You're crazy. <laughs> Man, that sucks. Man, and, and and like as someone who being a designer that's like one of the things that you do is pay attention to the details and for like that little thing uh, that just is incongruous to like you know ah the capitalization stuff that would just drive people crazy that would drive any designer nuts i think um yeah but anyways 
Yeah, that's that's interesting. Like the general topic of just uh, doing something yourself. Like, so it's interesting because you make the distinction that it's not just doing something, but it's doing something to develop the skill. Like you're actually developing a skill versus just doing it because you think it's interesting, right? Um, or just essentially spending money to pay someone else to do it. And I feel like I've met people of totally different opposite spectrums of this in my life. I don't know if you, if you have as well. And like, you know, when you've met someone on one of these spectrums, right? Like there's the guy who's at work, who's like 60, you know, who's like going to retire in a couple years. And this guy tells you about every single project he's done, on, you know, worked on, like the projects he has going on in his garage, you know, his latest car problem he, he fixed. Like these people of a different generation that just is used to fixing things themselves, right? Like, and that's always something I've really admired, right? Now, the other end of the spectrum is like another, uh, he's like a friend of ours who he is like the total opposite where he's like, I'm going to essentially concentrate all of my time, right? Available time to perfect like one or two skills, right? Like I'm going to be like, of mm. not, you know, like the idea is like, he's going to get the depth that he needs for one or two very specialized things. And then everything else he's not going to worry about because however he earns income from the two specializations, he'll just pay somebody else to do everything else. Right. And he spends the time that he would have spent doing the other things to keep honing those skills. So, so it's more of like a depth versus breadth almost kind of thing. But I'm always torn by that too. Like, even like when I was, uh, you know, I don't know, rotating my tires, right? Like that's a thing that I always debate with myself. I'm like, all right, do I just take it in a shop, pay someone 30 bucks to go do it? Or do I want to spend like an hour or two some weekend to do it myself, right? And it's like, ugh. And, and the thing is though, like these are just like sometimes it's good to know how to do these things like or changing my brake pads right or just pay someone else to do it there are there are obvious times when you pay someone <laughs> to do something because yeah. you just cannot do it right or it's going to take multiple people but like yeah some things like designing something working on like small things for my car like that's i, I don't know i always find that also a balance i think one of the things june that i've tried to apply in my life forever, but it, it became viscerally clear. Like since we last recorded, uh, one of my heroes, Rush's drummer Neil Peart, passed away, and I was reading one of his like recent interviews. And one of the things he brought up was the notion of whenever Rush did something, they wanted you to think care was taken here. And I was like, that's it. That's exactly the phrase I would put for like my life in a way. Like the things I try to do, I want to like show that care was taken. And when you have these little details missing or uh, not taken care of it, it shows a lack of care sometimes and maybe in my case like i was trying to put care in but like eventually mm-hmm. <laughs> i could not overcome it and, and another example of this mm-hmm. is uh it's hysterical you don't know this because uh i fixed it 
because <laughs> this is was, this was the realm of things I could fix. But it turned out when I was uh, creating the invites on Moo.com, which they do a great job printing. I'm not trying to bash them. But what happened was there was a notification on the screen being like, hey, 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 like there's some white borders. Are you sure about this? Are you sure about this? And I'm looking on the screen and it looked correct. Right. And I was like, well, maybe it's getting confused because if you look at our design, there's like basically like this inlaid border and then like the flowers like kind of like cover up the border in some areas and then like proceed with like like there's like in the corners there's like flowers but like on the other side it's just, there's like is intentional white space mm-hmm. so it's like maybe it's just getting confused well when it came in actually there was like a you know three to four millimeter battering on the precision of the print <laughs> like little strip of white at the top and an and ever so minuscule like sub sub millimeter one on another edge and I look at Rachel, I say, is it okay if I fix this? <laughs> and she's like, it's fine. So I go into work where we have one of those like guillotine things. <laughs> and I spend like 35 minutes <laughs> go guillotining all these things. Like when I got in the morning, and I didn't finish them. I didn't a lot of time before like when my first week started. And I went back at it at like during lunch. So I'm like guillotining these things. And I ran out the door to put them in the mailbox before the end of the day so that they would like, you know, process. And, uh, <laughs> so like i did this whole thing and i was telling her parents like oh you know like i, I like got down like i saw their interview their invite was there and i, I like got down and like stared at it and they're like oh what's up and i was like i was just seeing how well of a job i did with like cutting this one i told this story and like oh i'm sure no one would notice and i was like first of all i think you would have noticed and second of all i would have noticed and that's what matters <laughs> like <laughs> like like i can't like i can't ship this like <laughs> i can fix this and i will fix it it was like a low enough barrier where I'm like, I'm doing this. And I also just like reject the fact I have like another hundred of these to show you because we have so many extras. Like, <laughs> like it's it's a real problem. It existed. I feel like it would have bothered people. And I think if they had seen it come from me, knowing like my attention to detail, they would assume I never touched the process. And like, they can't, they can't assume that. Like, <laughs> I was very involved. So I was like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it right. And you're going to get a nice one. <laughs> yeah well that's uh, so that's like attention to detail but it's not like you would have paid someone else to go fix that for you i mean i guess i get what you're trying to say is that you did pay someone to go print these things and in the end you you still had to fix some of it too right like there was that yeah attention to detail you had um like quality check really right at the end of the day what's interesting thing though for me is like like, I'm just thinking that one friend of ours who, you know, he's like, he, he'll just pay, you know, he, they've got like uh, a cleaning maid, right? Like, the, I don't even know if the guy, he doesn't cook. He probably doesn't know how to use a pan. Like, he doesn't, I don't think he knows how to do his own laundry. I don't know. Like, the guy just like, he's like, I don't need to. I just pay someone else to do it. But I'm damn good at these like two things that I could do, you know, for his work. I feel like at the end of the day, I guess we all have certain things that we want to put more attention to, right? More care. So for maybe for you, it's like the little details of a design of anything in particular. Um, Maybe for somebody else, like for me, I think a lot of times it's, it comes down to whether or not if I paid for a service, did they execute it to the quality at which I believe I paid for, if that makes sense, right? So like, Yep, yep, yep. And a lot of times that comes down to like things with my car, because if I paid for a car wash and they're washing it incorrectly and leaving scratches on my car and swirls on my car, I'm like, I, and I'm paying like 
like say $20 car wash, I'm like, I don't think that's worth $20 because he just left, he actually left my car in a worse condition. (laughs) You know what I mean? And like, that's the thing where I, you know, want to take care of my things and my car being one of the more expensive things I own. Like that is a thing that I'm, I would spend time to wash my car correctly. Right. And things like that, you know, or like, Hey, if I'm rotating the tires, right? Like this is stupid, but if I'm rotating the tires, when I put the lug nuts up back on, I use a torque wrench. I got to get that thing down to the exact torque, you know, for the for the uh the lug nuts, you know. I don't know what the hell they do in the shops, but I sure as heck know most of them just use like an impact wrench or torque wrench and they just go, you know, and they don't know what the heck the those things are just like air compressed, you know. There's no uh, precision to that, right? So for all I know, like they might over torque it, right? And and so sometimes I'm thinking like I I have these visions of like because I've seen this happen of the tire just like falling off the car. I was behind a freaking uh, Mercedes G wagon one day on a highway, and his car, his re- rear left tire just fell off like it just kept rolling <laughs> like the kid and his, his rotors are just like carving up a freaking ravine in in the in the middle of the lane <laughs> and like sparks flying everywhere i'm like oh my god and he pulls off uh, and like the tire is just rolling the tire is gone you know it, it is that thing is <laughs> i don't know where it went <laughs> and like w- like the driver just couldn't believe what happened but like I'm just picturing that. I'm like, oh my God, like there's a safety aspect to that too that I'm worried about like them not like screwing up, you know? So, but that, yeah, a lot of times it's just like, okay, if I paid for a service, are they going to do it? I mean, a lot of times if it's like, if it's a discount for something, I'm not going to complain about it. You know what I mean? Like, all right, if like I'm getting an oil change, synthetic oil change for $15, you know, there's no way. All right, I'm just going to have them do it. <laughs> right. I totally understand what you're talking about, man. This it makes a lot of sense to me. There's been a times where I can't think of the greatest example, but I'll think about it sometimes like when I'm at the Apple store, right? And I think about the way that they're like setting the table in front of me or the way that they're, uh, you know, treating me as a customer. <laughs> I just think to myself, man, like, Back in my day, like I would have been, I would have done a totally different thing here, and like, and I, I get what you're saying. Like that's a different kind of example than what you're saying, but just like the frustration when you pay for something and they don't do it the way that you would have done it, mm-hmm. it's it can be really challenging. Or even if you don't have to pay for it, like you said, somebody's it's discount. Sometimes you're like, <laughs> there's like no price for some things where you're like, I just it needs to be done this way. I can't, I can't just let that yeah. slide well and that's the uh, thing and that's and it's probably like a problem right like this is not a healthy exactly trip. <laughs> exactly like why is it discounted like is nobody buying your shit because you know there's a problem with it <laughs> like it's kind of a thing where like i used to buy groupons all the time but after having learned things the hard way of getting like shitty sunglasses that were super cheap but didn't last more than a week you know like or bad sushi or whatever i mean there were some good times good things i got on groupon but it's just like all right uh like there's a reason why i think most places have a steep discount (laughs) 
Like I look at, oh, especially because uh, I was actually just looking at car deta- car auto detailing Groupons, which is like a huge like. There's it's like usually massages, right? Like sushi restaurants for some reason, and like auto detailing is another really big one that always has a ton of Groupons. But that's exactly the thing where I'm like, why why do you have a Groupon for detailing? If you do a good job. And people, you know, know you do a good job. You don't need to discount your service. People will come to you. You know what I mean? Like, if it's a fair price. So it's almost like that's the kind of thing where, like, especially car detailing, right? Like, attention to detail is like the whole point. So for yeah, for me, like, uh, I don't know. I I would pay a place to detail a car if they detailed it to such a good level. That I could never achieve, right? That's the kind of thing that yeah. I would do. Is right. like some places can just do it, and there's no way I could ever actually beat beat that, you know. All right, June. So <laughs> to wrap this up, I'm still kind of blown away by this. I didn't realize this happened. I'm really curious to hear what's going on. In true overanalyzed spirit, you got an Apple Pencil for your iPad Pro. I have one of these. I know why I have one, but June, what what compelled you to get one? All right, so to make a point of distinction, I got the Apple Pencil 2, the second generation, because uh, why would you ever get the first one, right? Well, you can't, right? Like for your iPad Pro, you can't do it. So for clarification for everyone out there, I knew that because I know what iPad he has, but we both actually now have iPad Pros at work, but we both had to go and spend our own money to get pencils. Yeah, so with the Pencil... For a long time, I was like, why would I need a pencil? I don't want to get a pencil. I was like, Steve Jobs, like, he says pencils are stupid, never need a stylus. So I think only recently have I started getting really annoyed at how much my fingerprints are left on, uh, just smudging in general on, on the screen. I don't know if it's, I've read online, some people say it's like part of like the new screen uh, that they put in that... It's a coding. Essentially, it's a coding. Yeah, that. It's le- so funny. Like your solution is by the pencil. <laughs> I know. So right. So I'm like, damn, my stupid like, you know, organic, you know, skin leaving these oils. Ah, like I just need something <laughs> metallic or plastic. So that was mainly why I got the pencil. Honestly, was just to avoid touching the screen as much as I can, which is why I texted you that day when I got it. I was like, dude, you can't, you can't do gestures with the pencil. Like you can't bring in control center. You can't go home by swiping up with the pencil. You can, you still have to use your finger for that. And that, I, that drove me nuts. I was like, oh, that's really stupid. I guess I can understand why you wouldn't want that with the Apple pencil, because, you know, especially if someone's drawing, with the full screen, right? You don't want them to like hover, like draw on the bottom border, right? Say for example, yep. and they draw upwards and all of a sudden they go to this home screen, right? Like, yes, I get why you wouldn't want that, but I feel like you can make that an option. You can make that into a setting that's toggleable, right? So for people who like me don't necessarily draw, but like to use it as a stylus, I can still be able to do gestures, that's a wish. That's that would be my wish list for them to have that. So there is there a reason why you didn't get an old school stylus then? Oh, yeah, easy because because like none of them can do what the second Apple Pencil does in both like from just a charging perspective of how it snaps magnetically to the side of the iPad, which 
uh, it's just so satisfying. Like the thunk, like it just latches on and, and it starts charging, which is great. Like I never, you, you effectively never have to worry about the charge of the pencil because it's always fully charged. So that's a big one. The other thing is just like the response rate. So I've been taking a lot of notes now, um, like by hand, by writing in the notes app. Um, and I love it. And like just the, it's like writing, obviously it doesn't feel the same way as writing on paper, but just the the, the overall uh, delay, the sort of delay in between, you know, in, in the text showing up and writing is just like, you can't notice it. Like from a human perspective, I, I cannot notice like any kind of delay when I start trying to write. Um, whereas I know like with like third party styluses, you're, you're talking over uh, the Bluetooth connections that are oftentimes like, you know, just not very well <laughs> done. There's always a delay there. Well, you're not, no, you're not. No, I'm saying like the old school styluses are, they, they just mimic the touch of your finger. So you would have had the same, you would have to charge it. You would just, not oh, the, I see what you're saying. Storing. Yeah. Just like doing the capacitive. I guess it's just the charging, like and being able to store somewhere that I like. Like for example, for my for my actual notebook, I got a little like pen holder on the side so I can put the pen on the side of my um on my notebook and and it's basically is the exact same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um so I don't know. I I like that like I don't lose it, right? If I, because I know if it gets separated from my iPad and it's a small thing, I'm just gonna lose it. Like, like I lose like 500 pens a year. You know, like it's the same thing. Like, <laughs> I have this problem of like keeping track of pens and pencils. Yeah, without sticking a little like loop on your iPad Pro, then I get what you're saying. And I feel like the styluses I've used before also, they're never like fine precision point, right? So. They always had either it was like the you know what I'm talking about like the end of a pen right that has this like weird yeah. like bulbous like like fat like it squishes you know outwards and things mm-hmm. like like it was either that or and so when you try you couldn't write with that thing because there was like too high of a coefficient of dra- you know friction with the screen mm-hmm. um, or it was like you get these ones that have like a little like circular like clear plastic thing at the bottom at the end mm-hmm. what you know that you kind of drag along like so I don't like the look of that like the pencil is just like aesthetically pleasing it's it feels perfectly balanced like an actual pencil and like i actually did actually draw a couple times so i feel like 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 um things i would never actually do right it's like oh hey you know what um i can't actually try and draw something like i i drew i drew one of my kids toys the other day right like while they were watching tv okay. and i was just like mm-hmm. oh wow like this is a thing that i would never do but since i can i have access to all these digital art supplies you know the tools the various pens and you know markers whatever and and i was able to draw and like you color in and it's amazing that like the pressure you apply and the angle of the pen right the azimuth of the pen like it's all it all like it's it just imitates actual drawing so well. I was pretty blown away, and and Carolina was looking at it. She was like, "Ooh," and I was like, "I could look, I could tell by the look in her eye." I was like, "Oh no, she wants one of these things now." Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so it is nice, and I'm I'm glad to hear that you're using it that way. So after you found out that you could not do gestural navigation with it, you still found use cases that made it worth it. I think so because yes, I couldn't do the gesture, which 
which sucks. And maybe there's will be maybe there'll be a future update where you know that does become an option. I don't know. Who knows? But at the end of the day, I think for me to be able to write handwriting notes was is just like really nice to be able to do. And a lot of times you know, if I'm in some kind of more of a, say like a design meeting where we're actually drawing, we're drawing out diagrams on a whiteboard or, or like the other day I could just actually draw it out on my iPad and, and the people, cause we didn't have a projector. People were just looking at what I was drawing mm-hmm. on my iPad and everybody was like commenting on it too. Like that, that's, I, I guess that's the other cool part, right? It's like a bit of a wow factor. It was like, Oh, that's so cool. Like, Ooh, <laughs> I'm like drawing, yeah. drawing I actually the ran a meeting off my iPad pro recently. It's yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, there's definitely like a lot of utility from that, from being able to draw right hand notes, draw diagrams quickly. I haven't really needed to do this as much, but just like marking up documents, you know, anything to that degree. I did edit a photo or two the other day from the Argentina trip um, using the pencil, which is helpful because if you have to like, if you're touching up on very like small areas of the photo, that's that's kind of helpful to be able to do that like very precisely, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. Yeah, I... Because I was asking myself the other day, I was like, should I return this? Do I need to keep it? I mean, it's not cheap, and but how much no. overall value is it still adding me? And I'm like, as a as a person who like prefers to use a stylus, and and all, and then getting all these extra benefits from the pencil too, of just how tightly integrated it is with it, I was like, yeah, I think this is still worth it. I would say like I bought it with a with you know some chance knowing that I might return it. And then I was pleasantly surprised at how well it works with the iPad Pro that I'm like, okay, I think I'll still keep it. So it's it's funny because if you look at my iPad right now, no smudges in the middle part of the in the middle part of the iPad. But all along the edge <laughs> are my fing- are the smudges of my fingers as I'm doing gestures to bring down the control pad <laughs> the control center or like so going home. What are you doing? I, I'm, I'm very kind of confused by this. So you clearly have the iPad in some sort of keyboard case because you're not typing on the keyboard, right? Right. To right. increase increase smudges, but you're then using the pencil to navigate. What do you do with the pencil when you're not navigating? Do you put it back on the top or do you like put it next to your keyboard? I'm guessing you never do this away from a desk, right? So if I'm typing, so if I'm like composing an email. My I leave my pencil attached to the charger to the iPad because it's just so convenient to just put it right back at the top and it thunks into place. It doesn't roll around. You know what I mean? Like, um, not that it will roll around much on the table because of the notch that it has now. Uh, but still, like for me, like that's where I I also feel like I'm starting to develop a muscle memory of like just being able to put it back quickly and taking it and and like not even looking up at the pen but just my hand my right hand starts to know where to go get the pen you know what i mean like it's always right there if i'm typing right sometimes if i'm just like navigating or browsing i'll just hold it in portrait mode i can just take it off of the uh the case the keyboard case and then it'll just be like ipad in my left hand in portrait mode and my right hand has the the pencil and i'm just like browsing around or whatever um looking through some powerpoint slides or whatever so and, and now like that's how i'll take notes as well in portrait mode so okay yeah why what do you do uh i usually put it on the top like you suggested 
but I don't typically use it for just navigation unless I was using it prior or unless I just want to fidget with it. That's one of my favorite use cases of the Apple Pencil is fidgeting. Oh, nice. uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I joke. So it's funny you said, like, I can't lose this thing. Well, I lost mine. Oh, no kidding. Uh, oh, I thought sucks. I told you about this. Uh, yeah. So, like, long story short, I was at the airport and they decided to, like, you know, frisk me for uh you know whatever i i set off a flag in the thing so they were like doing their whole like procedure it was it was the most invasive procedure i've ever had i didn't have to like disrobe or anything but like you know they 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 did a whole pat down like very thorough (laughs) so of course like they're doing this this monstrous ordeal with me and being considerate you know rachel like packed up my things and uh and, and my mom was there too. Like they packed up my stuff so that when I was done, I didn't have to go over and, and, you know, investigate and like, you know, take care of it. Yep. Um, and I have gone through the airport enough to know that when I, uh, put my iPad in, I always take the pencil off and, and on flights, unless I'm using the pencil, I will also put it all, take it off and put it away. So I don't like lose it. Wait, and why? Hold on. What? You take the pencil away from the iPad when you put it in your backpack? Only on flights. Only on flights because um, I've already had one incident where, like, we had some turbulence. My iPad hit. The pencil flew off and it, like, rolled away. And it was kind of a pain in the butt to get to. Uh, so, like, unless I'm actively using the pencil uh, for audio editing purposes on a plane, which I do from time to time, um, it's away. I don't, like, just leave it on the top. But also, I take it off the iPad when I'm going through security because turbulent i'm sorry i'm sorry you had turbulence strong enough that it knocked the pencil off from from the top of your, from the side of your ipad where it was like only because it hit the it only hit only because it hit the the seat in front of me oh, it didn't like okay, fling okay. yeah yeah no 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 it didn't fling off yeah that'd be that'd be ridiculous i was like jesus <laughs> were you like crash landing <laughs> <laughs> i survived many a tale no uh yeah that's what happened so basically I've been putting it away and so they, they put my pack they pack my bag and it's great and I don't like do my whole like OCD check of like every, I got everything and of course like needless to say I pull out my iPad to like you know do some work on the plane and there's no pencil and I'm like oh crap so like I don't know if I lost it on the trip like the day before because I had used it like very very recently I don't know if I had like lost it in my final packing I don't know if I lost it in one of those trays I don't I don't know what happened but needless Mm. to say my pencil was gone and I filed a bunch of like you know lost reports at the airport and like where I stayed and of course like the pencil never showed up so uh, within you know a couple days I went to the Apple store and I bought a new one because I very quickly realized like with the work I do with audio editing uh, for podcast clients like and for my own I couldn't live without it like that use case by itself with ferrite is is so nice that I, I had to go and get another one and it's like I don't know it feels ridiculous to say that in a way but uh, pulled out the old good old business credit card and and, and bought an <laughs> Apple pencil <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't thrilled about it, but it had to be done. Like, I use it all the time. Okay. So, for you, like, the main use case is, is the audio editing applications, I guess, and and just, like, mm. yeah, definitely, precision. Yeah, definitely that. Yeah. Yeah, it, you can do two-finger gestures, but it's not the same. You don't have the precision. Mm. You're right. What I would wish is that you can... There's more options to program the double tap on the Pencil 2. Like outside of just like in notes to switch, you know, from 
from two different you know pencils or the eraser and the pencil like i wish you can do other things as a gesture that controls other parts of the ipad or in other apps you know what i mean yeah so you're basically asking for the shortcut control you can assign to additional clicks on a mouse yeah or like the double tap on your airpods like what that does right like i wish it had more of that built in like like i don't know i'm just making it up but like hey, if I double tap and it, it goes to the home screen, right? For example, that would be useful or it brings up the dock, for example, or something, right? I would love that. Uh, although granted for people who fidget, maybe they can turn it off, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, it conflicts though with the app settings. And I think the app settings are useful. Like in Ferrite, you can do, you can basically map any function to that. I use the default play pause. I played oh, around, but okay. play, I found play pause to be the nicest uh, for that because then it kind of acts like a remote control. So I'll be editing and I can just have like the pencil like by my side, you know, in a very relaxed position. I'll be listening to the podcast. And then like if I see an edit, if I hear an edit point, I can just like double tap and then like look down and, and, and make the edit real quick. Because sometimes I edit like while doing other things. Nice. Okay. Like every once in a while, I don't do it often. Like it was more common during the football season, but like I would edit the shows while watching like Monday Night Football kind of thing. So I'd be like listening to the show. I would hear an um or ah, or I would hear you know Dead Space or whatever it was. Like I could more passively listen and make the edits while like doing something else. Mm. But a lot mm. of time when I edit, you know, I'm like pretty intent, like just like staring at it. <laughs> gotcha. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so it's for you. Like, does do the fingerprints bother you? No, nah, man. Just once you get enough fingerprints on it, you don't see them anymore. Just like a constant film. <laughs> just lather. You think I'm kidding? But like, I'm just yeah. <laughs> you think smudge. I'm kidding? But that's exactly. It's worse once you clean it. That's what I'm saying. It's like it, it's it's. Oh my god! If you clean off your iPad, it looks immaculate, and you're like, oh, this is great. But then like your coefficient's a little worse because you're not all greased up, and oh like it's god. like. A, you get like all these little like spurious uh, fingerprints and I, that drives me nuts. But then, like I said, like if you use it enough, then it's covered in grease again and you're great. And you just ride that. <laughs> I'm just picturing you now, like purposely taking a like specialized greaser for the iPad that you bought on Amazon <laughs> and you apply this greaser like every, every two days to like, make sure it's uh make sure you reduce that coefficient of friction. <laughs> That's hilarious. I I never would have thought it that way. I just, to me, it's like the smudges just dull the colors, you know? Like, this very expensive, beautiful display. <laughs> and to me, like, it's like going through another film, another layer of film that's just like, it. you know, it diffracts the light a little bit. And I don't know. It's, it's not... Mm. You're not wrong, but I also would... I would also say, like, how often do you run your iPad at full brightness? That thing can get bright, dude. it can can blast out your uh, eyeballs with the photons all right well that's uh, that's interesting that it doesn't bother you yeah you might be right maybe it's just the maybe i just clean it too much it's like you know i think it is that man like once you get it to a baseline of just like filthy it's great it's like like when i was in college it was like my college room you know like why do i clean it if it just gets dirty the next day and you know Leave it in a constant state of dirtiness, and then, you know, there you go. (laughs) I will say that I totally totally get what's bothering you, though. Like, I don't like my iPad post-cleaning it. Like, post-cleaning it, it's the worst, because you're getting it, like, you're you're greasing it up again. Like I said, once it's, like, fully greased, you just let it, you let it be. It's it's okay. (laughs) It's a hard thing. It's like, uh, when, when you clean it, it's beautiful, 
and like I want to keep it that way. But as soon as you touch it, it it just like immediately like get, it drives me nuts, right? But like I guess based on what you're saying is like if you were to graph this thing, like my my pleasure is highest at the most clean state, right? No smudge at all. I just cleaned it, and then as, and then it drops very quickly, very immediately as soon as I start using it. But then you're saying like don't clean it. And eventually, over time, as you use your fingers more on the screen, that actually starts coming back up again. Where like oh, very much so. You don't notice anymore, and it just like becomes, uh, yeah, okay, that's interesting. And like I said, if you you can boost that brightness a little bit, and you're good to go. <laughs> the, the one thing that that has irked me is sometimes when i do see a smudge every once in a while on the screen and i write over it like i'm i'm like crossing over <laughs> it with the pen with the apple yeah. pencil uh-huh. it makes these little like it makes me think i have a scratch on my screen has that ever happened to you i know exactly like, what you're talking about okay yeah because yeah, it looks like there's <laughs> scratches like because it's making this like very fine like line right Clean through my groove. smudge yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh, I'm telling you, man, just just grease it up. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, sorry. Sufficiently overanalyzed, I think. 